Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today I've got a lovely guest with me, all the way from the United States. Her name is Jenna Poneman. She's a dating and relationship coach. Welcome, Jenna. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here, Lynn. It's very much my pleasure to invite you on and I'm really excited about a fascinating subject which is quite dear to my heart that we're going to be discussing today around the unintentionally single plight of women. <laughs> yep. This is this is a a big topic that I never truly realized how large it really was until um maybe just a, a matter of a couple of years ago, you know, not only have I myself lived it as a woman, um, but I, you know, seeing friends and family experience it, but really the more um, research I've done in my work, the more I realize the lack thereof of anything to really support these women really being able to have successful relationships. So I've now made it my mission to find out why women are unintentionally single and how they can become not single. (laughs) Well, tell us initially then a little bit about yourself, Jenna, and how you started your journey and how you, I suppose, uh, ended up in this industry. Yeah, so um, long story short, um, I never never thought coaching would be in the cards for me. I mean, honestly, I I never even knew coaching existed until... um, I was in the entertainment industry as an actress, being that I live in LA, um, very common out here. So um, I I was with an agent and they said to me, you know, we need you to really get your branding together. Um, so I sought out a branding coach thinking it was business and very quickly it turned into personal coaching, um, specifically in um, the relationship realm. I realized very quickly that my identity was very mixed, mixed up and, and not quite clear as I, I was attempting to figure it out by pursuing acting and, and things of that nature. And within a matter of a handful of sessions, I was able to open up for the first time ever and really confront my past, which was that I was a victim of um, molestation and sexual trauma. And that suppressed a lot of my, my identity, really trying to figure out who I was. Um, and I was able to really come around to find that. And within that short period of time, I really found myself and I, and I was attracting all of a sudden these fantastic people into my life. And even um, not just in an intimate sense, but um, with my father, who I never in a million years thought I'd have a relationship with. I had this incredible relationship with practically overnight. And I thought to myself, oh my God, this is so transformative. How can I not be doing this each and every day? How can I not share this with everybody that I possibly can? And since then, I, I, mean, I live and breathe 
coaching other women like myself, um, other people in general, how they can really learn to transform their lives in the best way possible. Oh, yeah. I, I can so relate to what you've been saying. You know, um, my audience actually knows my story, so we can very much empathize with where you're coming from. And certainly I have experienced similar and have advised women and attract those women that have been through similar. So we're very aligned along the same path, I feel, Jenna. Oh, yeah. I, like you said earlier, before we started the podcast, the universe has, has brought us together for a reason. And I definitely think that um, this is a piece of it here. Most definitely. So then now to move on to the actual subject of um, the unintentionally single plight of women. Specifically, you mentioned off air, you know, um, it's it, in particular, it's women that are ambitious, successful and career driven that f are in particularly finding it so difficult to create relationships with good quality, healthy men. Yes. Um uh, these are my these are my clients that I typically work with, and the number one thing that I usually hear um, is that men are too intimidated by my success or by me. Um, and on the flip side, I hear um, as kind of the second most popular comment um, is that I don't need men in my life um, to create my happiness, which is completely valid um, as long as it's truly aligned with how you feel. And nine times out of 10 in this scenario, that's not really how they feel. So um, working with these women and in my research, I found that there's two versions of this woman that I call the unintentionally single. And the one is they've convinced themselves that they don't need a man because either they are very focused on um, kind of the necessities in life. Um, they've learned to divert their priorities such as money, um, success, um, health, um, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, the, other, the other side to that is that they are just so engrossed in the fear of, I can't have this that it's not in the cards for me, or I've been hurt so many times that I just don't see how it can ever happen. And because I know I will already fail, I don't wanna put myself out there to feel that pain. So I'm going to convince myself that it's not necessary for me. Yeah, I've attracted a lot of those women in those sorts of conversations myself. Yeah. It's, it's, it's common. I mean, and it's an easy thing to do, right? Because who wants to feel pain? Who wants to be hurt? Nobody. Mm. Um, we want to feel desire. We want to feel excitement, fun, um, sensuality. We want to feel that. Um, but that's the beauty of it all is you have to be open to all of it, to experience any of it, even, uh even the smallest bit. That's very true. And I think particularly if you are a woman that's been through any hurt, heartbreak or trauma in your past, you know, one of the top things I think they really want and crave is to feel that protection and that safety, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yes. Um, 
I, I know from, from personal experience for myself that after I went through um, my trauma, that it was very hard to even think about being touched by a person and not even in, in a sexual way, just mm. in an intimate way to, to just be open to someone putting their hand along your back or your shoulder or your chest. And it's, yeah. um, it's safety. It's, it's vulnerability. Um, and both of those get really um, intertwined with one another, especially c- coming from someone um, that's experienced trauma. Mm. And maybe it's different for other people, but, you know, it's not so much the fear of, will this necessarily happen again? But it's that you're already in such a vulnerable, precious state. Um, and just even acknowledging to somebody that this has happened to you is sensitive, right? Because someone who's your ideal partner, you're going to let them in both physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And that means they're going to see through you inside and out and really know you for who you are. And that is very scary. Very, very scary. Mm -hmm. And definitely I think um, we're not even aware. I mean, I, I only... I suppose within the last couple of years became aware that on the back of what I went through, I was very much living continuously in a very heightened state of hypersensitivity. You know, it was like on red alert. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. wasn't even aware that I was living in that state permanently. That's that's funny you say that because um, I, I also experienced this, but... Um, you know, like many of my clients that, you know, regardless of whether or not they've been through a trauma, um, we all had the same go-to response as a defense mechanism. And um, I used to joke and say that um, I became a tomboy with girly girl tendencies. Mm. Um, And really what that was is I literally created an armor on myself to say that I'm going to be strong and impenetrable. Um, And so even if I started to pursue men and to date, um, I took on the form of I'm not going to be seen as a delicate flower that men have to pursue me. I'm going to go after what I want and I'm going to initiate and I'm going to control the conversation when we're on a date and I'm going to be the one to choose whether or not this continues. Um, And that never worked. No, (laughs) I went through that myself. It doesn't work because um, men aren't attracted to that because that's coming from a place of masculine energy and we've all got masculine and feminine energy and men aren't attracted to other men in, you know, heterosexual opposite sex relationships. Exactly. And um, it's, and I don't know, maybe, maybe you disagree or or agree with this, but, um, you know, there's, we all have a combination of both within us. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, it was a matter of finding how can I do this dance between the feminine and masculine, um, on a moment to moment basis, because sometimes if, if I am in more of my masculine energy and maybe it's for protection, maybe it's for, um, you know, I tend to be someone who is very ambitious um, and headstrong, so I can get a little competitive. And sometimes that serves me in a relationship where, um, you know, competition is really healthy. 
um, in some events. So if I'm having a playful banter with my person and they can acknowledge that this is fun, playful banter, then I'm stepping a little bit into more of my masculine space and it's fine. Um, but allowing myself to be more feminine really was, was in that space of I want, need to let you in or I want to let you in. Um, and I want to acknowledge that I desire you yeah. rather than you having to figure it out through my tough skin. I agree, you know, 100%, you know, this is exactly what I teach, you know, that we all have masculine and feminine energy and it's okay, you know, to be in masculine energy if you feel you need to defend yourself, if you feel that you need to protect yourself, if you are in a, an, a business environment where you need to take the control and use more masculine traits and energy in that environment or like you're saying, in a competitive um, space, whether that's sports or business, you know, you quite often need to step into our masculine energy to, to um, you know, perform at our peak in, in those sorts of situations. But it's recognizing that, you know, to actually continuously stay in that masculine energy and be that, you know, assertive, um, competitive uh, person that wants to be in control of everything and everybody isn't going to be attractive to a guy behind closed doors because he wants to be the one that wears the trousers and right. also you want to be the the feminine in in that situation because if you're not you're not going to be attracted to a guy that isn't masculine mm-hmm. um the women that um i work with that really fall into this category um, this is the hardest shift um in their identity because for some, they really take pride in the fact that they see themselves as a strong, independent woman. Um, and that ambition, that drive, that motivation that really does bring them tons of success maybe in, in the work for, uh, workroom, work arena, doesn't quite work out when it comes to love. Um, and, and that's a hard thing for them to absorb because they are afraid of losing that piece of themselves. Um, They want to continue to build on their success in all areas of life. And so they think if they sacrifice this and somehow they're not authentic anymore, because they really do feel aligned with it. And that's great. Um, So I call this kind of the transitionary stage of being a powerhouse Mm. to becoming a phenomenal woman. Yeah. And, and really reclaiming your feminine power because haven't we been educated and parented to be more masculine, you know, through our mm-hmm. our current modern societies, you know, in, in, I suppose, the name of equality, which I, again, am educating people around. Equality means equal opportunities. It doesn't mean being the same as men. You know, if we were meant to be the same as men, we'd only have just one asexual being. There wouldn't be the need for the men and the women or the masculine and the feminine in, oh, yeah. in our society. I mean, I know we're doing audio recording right now, but as you were saying that, I literally threw my hands up to celebrate because you and I are on the exact same playing field here. I love what you're saying. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I say all the time that, you know, as, as hard as it might be to fathom, if you were to just try to kind of drop the gender identity, Um, just person to person, if you were trying to pursue someone from this energetic space of I'm trying to best you and the other person is trying to best you, well, that's very conflicting energy regardless of what the gender is. Mm. So rather than 
trying to resist one another, how can we really come together um, in an openness, in a willingness for exploration, and um, essentially to become unattached to the outcome and be more attached to just the moment-to-moment interaction and engagement? Yeah, absolutely, 100% agree. I tend to teach it, um, you know, that um, if you really want healthy passion and healthy attraction in a relationship, then you you need to create the polarization of those masculine and feminine energies within your intimate relationship, but from a place of love, not fear because we all know that you can have the polarization of the masculine and feminine energies in a relationship. And that can be also a very toxic relationship, you know, where you've got them, the male, usually um, the masculine energy, which is the unhealthy in this relationship, because it's from a place of fear being very controlling, possessive, um, very uh, aggressive. And then you've got the female who's the submissive, you know, victim, subservient, needy, clingy woman in that relationship, it becomes very codependent. So you have got that polarization of energies there, but because it's from a place of fear and not from a place of strength and love and self-love in particularly, then that you've got that toxic polarity of energies. Um, and what I'm trying to teach is that, you know, that you can have the polarity of energies where you have got the healthy passion, you have got him being the chivalrous, caring, protective male that wants to take care of you and treat you like a goddess. And you can be that healthy, you know, nurturing feminine energy that's still successful without needing to, to wear the trousers. Yeah, it's, um, it's so interesting to see, you know, over the course of these past few years, how gender identity has morphed and is is attempting to morph into kind of what we're talking about right now um because on one hand of the spectrum for for generations you've seen that traditional aspect of men are are the protectors and the providers and women are the nurturers and the caretakers um and with that we we played accordingly right women stayed in the household took care of the children fed the family, men went out to work and um, kind of controlled things otherwise. Um, now we have this opposite thing happening where you see dads that that might stay home and, and nurture and take care and women that are going into the workforce or they're trying to, to take on that position um, of the male counterpart in some sense. And that's why now you have women that are strong and, and kind of resistant and more masculine Um, because they go, I'm doing all this work, I'm putting in the effort, I'm not going to be taken advantage of as a woman anymore. Um, And so now you have men that are that are responding to that, they go, well, I don't want to offend them. But I don't quite know how to respect them. And I don't know how to love them in this new sense. So we kind of went from one extreme to the other. And now we're trying to find the equilibrium of it all to say, hey, can we come together as people? with masculine and feminine energy all intertwined together and create our own individual relationship. Cause our relationship does not have to be the same as the next couple or the next couple. We can define that for ourselves. Yeah, I, I agree. 
I suppose um, what I've realised is, you know, due to our conditioning by our modern society and this drive, you know, through uh, this misunderstanding of what equality actually means and what uh, and and it being mis- misunderstood, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, for me it definitely means equal opportunities. It doesn't mean being the same as men. And what I mean by that is that you know it's not about being gender neutral because gender neutral we weren't meant to be gender neutral as i said if we were meant to be gender neutral right. we'd only just have one asexual being that would reproduce itself but we've been sort of more educated to be the same through this misunderstanding about what equality actually means and the way i best explain that is if you can imagine a heart rate monitor you know if you can imagine that in your mind what that looks like and you've got a line at the top of the screen that represents the masculine energy. And then you've got a line at the bottom of the screen that represents the feminine energy. And then you've got the, the zigzag line that zigzags up and down the screen between the two energies. You can see that that relationship is alive because it's there's a big zigzag from the top to the bottom. And that relationship is alive. But as those lines become, um, you know more closer together so the the masculine energy line at the top of the screen starts moving towards the center and the feminine energy line at the bottom of the screen starts moving towards the center then you've got you know more um what i call gender neutrality which is what we've been educated more towards being in the name of equality and then we've not really got that polarization of energies so then you've got more friendship type relationships where yeah you know the relationship's okay you're happy-ish and you're settling for an okay relationship because the energies are very similar until we get to a point where the energies are so similar that the 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 line on the heart rate monitor machine is almost flatlining and the relationship might as well be dead right it's funny you mentioned um friendship um, kind of dynamics because I, I find that that um, yeah at least here in the United States casual relationships mm. have really taken over the dating world um, to the point where um, you know most people won't even not acknowledge to say they're dating someone or seeing someone they say oh we're just talking um, even though it means so much more than that or um, uh, women and men, I mean, really both will, will say, you know, I'm not ready for a relationship um, because I want to focus on my career, um, but they will get involved with lots and lots of casual relationships, whether it's a friends with benefits type of event, or they're just having one night, one night stands with people, just very casual encounters. Um, and I'm saying casual very loosely because that really has, um, taken on a different meaning in mm. many different ways it has. um yeah and and i find what's happening is this has kind of been the the silver lining for people that are just too afraid to really dive in to say i want love i want a relationship um to where they can still feel at least briefly that that physical and emotional connection with someone um and can then say, okay, to protect myself from not getting hurt, I'm going to end this and now go on to the next one. And I'm just going to keep playing this game until I feel ready, um, supposedly. But um, <laughs> there's always another reason why, you know, we just have another encounter and another encounter. Um, and unless you're really aligned with 
um, you know, if a value for you is I just want to have fun and you truly are aligned with that, then that's totally okay. Have as many casual relationships as you want, as long as you're safe, as, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Um, you know, but, but if you really are really wanting connection, true connection, if you look down the road into your future and deep down you say, you know, I do want to have a life partner or I do want to be married and I do want to have a family. Um, and you visualize that for yourself, then what is stopping you from pursuing that right now? What are you so afraid of? Mm. Um, because these are fear-based decisions that they're making, which then brings them into the unintentionally single plight because they do still consider themselves single because um, they really aren't committing to anything um, just yet. No, because it's all from a, a place of fear and um, usually that that's because of previous bad experiences, isn't it? And, mm -hmm. you know, like you say, they're not ready to open up their heart to, um, to be, because of the fear that it's going to get broken again or, or abused again. But if you really do embrace the idea that, you know what, I deserve, you know, to have a great phenomenal relationship, not just an okay relationship, not a relationship where you're just settling for a, you know, a friendship type relationship that's, you know, might as well be just, um, you know, the equivalent of having a relationship with a family member, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, where you haven't got any passion in there. It's just an okay, you know, let, let's plod along type relationship. That That's not fulfilling. You know, you can only sustain that for so long. And some people will settle for that for life, you know, due to their own fear. But is, is it really what you want? And, you know, when you're lying on your deathbed, taking your last breath, you know, is it something you're going to regret not 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 living and experiencing? Exactly. And I can tell my I can say from my own personal experience that the reason I'm also so attached to working with women like this, I was totally this person. Um, full transparency, where, you know, I touched before saying I was controlling, I'm going to, I'm going to be the man essentially, mm. um, in the dynamic so that I, I don't get hurt again. Yes. And that came from not only, you know, the trauma that I experienced, but that I time and time again, felt that I opened myself up so willingly and laid all my cards on the table. And I was so open to each guy I met. And I would either, um, you know, it seemed like it would go really well for a couple of dates and out of nowhere, they'd vanish. Or um, I date someone for a few months and all of a sudden they say, you know, I think we're really just friends. Um, you know, essentially, I felt like I was just getting assholes over and over again. There was nobody quality um, coming at me. And, and I automatically associated that with there's something wrong with me. Um, and because there's something wrong with me, I will never find somebody that really will um, cherish me and respect me um, as an amazing person because I didn't see myself as someone amazing, um, which of course was total crap. But um, takes time to really give yourself a good look um, in the mirror. Absolutely. You know, it starts with yourself. And if you are attracting, you know, um, and this isn't, uh, you know, a, a case of let's beat you up with the facts right. that you're not aware. You know, when, when I'm talking to the audience here, you know, I'm, I'm 
very empathic as to where you might currently be. You're not, you're not on your own. But this is all around awareness. So don't beat yourself up if you feel like you're getting some light bulb moments and thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I've been that woman that's been doing all these things because we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> exactly. You know, at the end of the day, um, now you're getting the awareness that, and the knowledge that you need to change things. It, and it does start with the self, you know. So if you aren't getting somebody that's uh, being attracted by your qualities of you're worthy of that phenomenal love, then you need to look at yourself and think, you know, am I giving myself that? Am I endorsing the fact that I am somebody that's worth phenomenally loving because I love myself? Yeah. Um, and also to, to add on to what you were saying, um, you know, to the audience, I did not take a good look at myself for quite some time, it, this was hard for me to come to this. Mm-hmm. Having a coach helped. Um, I, I'd done assessments on myself, taking quizzes. I mean, you name it, I've done it. But even all the self-help books in the world could not have done a single thing for me um, until I was ready to, to look. Um, and that took years for me to do. Um, and even as I started to make progress, I'd take one step forward and 10 steps back and that's okay. Um, it's, it's the more that we work with the muscle of self-awareness, mm. the better, the better we get at being able to take a step forward and, you know, do that dance of forward and backward and be able to really snap back um, faster and more efficiently, but it just takes time and it just takes practice of just being able to look at yourself from that place of neutrality. Absolutely. And as I said, you know, this isn't about um, looking at yourself and thinking, oh, I need to send myself on a guilt trip here because I've been doing all these behaviours and I've, having had all this thinking that's contributed to my life being like it is now, which isn't very fulfilling or very healthy in terms of my relationship history. This is right. about education and helping you become aware now of what it takes to change things and you know just acknowledging and forgiving yourself you know if if you weren't aware of all this information before then it's because of the poor education that's out there yes oh 100 percent. i said um i always say that if we received proper education when we were growing up in school um about how to navigate ourselves and our lives and our growth and love I'd be out of a job. So, you know, we just, we weren't given the tools and there's nobody to blame for that. Um, It is what it is. Our parents do the best they can with what they've got with raising us. We do the best we can with what we're given. All we can do is move forward as we are and take some baby steps and give yourself that compassion. Compassion is the key to connection and you will get there. Absolutely. It's a case of, practice as with anything new that's learned it's it's to keep practicing and, and not be too hard on yourself if you make mistakes you know recognize that the mistakes will happen you know mm-hmm. um, as, as many years as I've as I've got under my belt in terms of um, the awareness that I've got I'm, I, st- I still you know quite often think oh you know what <laughs> I shouldn't have done that I shouldn't have said that you know and uh, it's forgiving yourself you know and and knowing that you're human and 
these mistakes are going to happen and like you say there's sometimes going to be occasions where you take more steps back than you do going forward but occasionally that that redresses itself oh yeah um you know it's i touched on it earlier i said i do i'm like a personal growth nerd where i i like to take assessments and read and listen to other people's points of views and stuff because the more i learn and the more i i grab onto the more open I become to the infinite amount of opportunities and possibilities that I can do with my life um, in in any aspect, when it comes to business or my health or my love life, um, just continue to learn and grow and be open to um, differences of opinion. It really does. um, it, It works wonders for you when you just remain open. That, that's all you've got to do at the very least is remain open. What did you initially do, Jenna, when um, you recognized that you were in, because I, I spoke in exactly the same terms around my journey that I recognized that at some point I was wearing this masculine suit of armor and, uh, and you know, I wanted to be in control of every single thing in my life to protect myself from any further potential hurt. When you recognize that in yourself, what what did you do to sort of, I suppose, help yourself remove that suit of armor and uh, let go of it? Um, interesting enough, I first recognized it simply because even though I had put on the armor, the same outcome would happen from before that. Um, I would still end up being hurt by men. I would be left feeling depleted, um, uh, defeated, somehow, uh, you know, a a lesser version of myself. Um, So plain and simple, I I came to a realization of, well, this simply isn't working. I thought this would make me happy. And it just isn't. And I either have the option to stay as I am, and stay in this really low energy um, state or I can do something about it. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's possible, but I just have to try something. Um, And this all happened, of course, in that during that same time that I had started to work with a coach. Um, And so working with my coach in, in my business, I was able to see, oh, mindset shifts actually do create changes in your life. Um, You know, tangible outcomes really do happen from the slightest shift in your thought. Um, Therefore, your feelings become affected by it too. So how could I take that strategy in my business and apply it to my love life? Mm. Um, And I started with that. Um, And also I, like I said before, I, I would take assessments and things like that. And um, one of the assessments I even use with my clients now, where I literally could see on paper everything that I did. My, I could see how I behaved consciously and I could see what happened when I was kind of in stress mode. And, you know, you typically think you, you know yourself, but I was astounded that the two just changed so drastically that I, I really... I convinced myself that I was a fighter, 
but I really wasn't. I, I completely victimized myself and I could actually see this energetic shift happen on paper. Um, so that definitely helped. And from there I was able to see, okay, I, I see where I actually am and I know where I want to go. I know my end goal of how I want to experience myself. Now mm. I have to figure out how to get there. Um, and the key distinction too, when, when I mean how I want to experience myself, it wasn't to say, I know that I, I want to be with someone and I know I want to have a relationship or a marriage or whatever it was. I knew that I wanted to experience love. I knew I wanted to experience myself um, feeling free, feeling light, feeling quirky because I'm that person. Mm. (laughs) You know, I said, it's really connection to how I wanted to feel more so than what's the story of the life I want to live. And once I dropped into that, that's when everything started to shift because I could say, okay, I want to feel like that all the time or as much as I can. How can I feel like that right now? How can I feel like that tomorrow, next week, next month? And I just kept building on it more and more. And that's, again, that's how you see. It doesn't necessarily mean that I have to have a relationship to feel these things because I can create that for myself right now. And the more I did that, the more I just embodied it. And that's when I started to attract the men that could reflect that to me. Definitely. And it is about, you know, doing that work on yourself initially that's going to attract a healthy, fulfilling relationship, isn't it? Because you've got to be comfortable with yourself. You've got to be, you know, reasonably happy with your life as a single person and, and you'd be enjoying that that life as a single person um, to then, you know, be open to attracting that healthy, fulfilling relationship going forward, which is going to be just the icing on your already lovely life cake that you've created for yourself. Yes. Um, and I think that is, that's the biggest piece to all of this to my unintentionally single women, to my women of trauma, it all starts with you. Um, it Love starts with you. It's You don't have to rush to be with someone. You don't have to rush to get your life back in order. You just have to take the time to show some compassion to yourself and rediscover what you can do to reignite your own fire. What excites you about you? What turns yourself on? Because once you discover that, everything else falls into place. Definitely. And if you don't do that work, then unfortunately what tends to happen is that you'll just keep attracting the same relationship but in, in different clothes each time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I used to coin myself... Um, in addition to the tomboy with girly girl tendencies, I was the queen of ghost town. Um, I, I, I would have, I would have lots of dates with lots of men. Um, and I thought I was so good at it. I was like the perfect girl. And it basically always ended up um, me twiddling my thumbs, wondering what happened. And I would never hear from them again because they just dropped off the face of the earth and went another direction without saying anything. Hmm. Um, oh. 
<laughs> it happens. It led does me to where happen. I am today. It does happen. And, and unfortunately, at the time, it can feel so um, so much of a huge rejection, can't it? it when you're going through those oh, yeah. sorts of situations and you keep getting that repeat uh, test, I suppose, from the universe each time and you're getting the same result. Yeah. Um, it, you cannot help but assume that you're at fault for this happening to you. Because, I mean, what else are you going to think? Um, and, oh, you're I, the common that, denominator in it, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. And there is definitely a fraction of that that's true. Um, because if you are the common denominator and if that is a pattern that's happening, then that's when you have the opportunity to do some research for yourself and say, okay, what can I do differently to, um, to create that shift? Cause there's something internally going on. Mm. However, um, and this is where I really want all women to really take a good listen. It is not your fault that men choose to leave you without a word. It is not your fault that they choose to disrespect you in that sense. And it's not your fault if they happen to be an asshole. <laughs> it's not. Because they, they were that way very much so before they ever met you. So you did not do anything to make them do that. You just happened to attract that kind of person for some reason. So they're going to act that way whether they're with you or with someone else unless they choose to do their own personal work. Yeah. And on that note, Jenna, I think you were saying when we was off air at the start of the episode about offering the audience members a a gift around assessment to do with the, yes. if they are that woman that is attracting those assholes, as you call them. Oh, yeah. I use that word because it is so it's so key um, in the work that I do um, with my girls and also in my own experience. So that assessment I mentioned earlier, the one I took for myself, um, I have developed it for women. It's called the Adios Assholes Assessment. <laughs> so, but if you are that person who is attracting one bad apple after the next and you just don't know what to do to try to attract quality men, um, we are going to literally see it on paper. What is happening in your energy, in your mindset. Um, you take an assessment. It's like, um, I call it like a personality quiz on crack because it's like this big personality thing you take in 20 minutes. I get a instantaneous report and I debrief you one-on-one. -on -one. So in under an hour, you are going to no longer be dating horrible men and you are going to have tangible steps to how you can create a shift for yourself to start finding those men that are going to cherish you and respect you for exactly who you are and who you are always meant to be. Fabulous. So how do the audience members and listeners get hold of you, Jenna? What's your contact information? Uh, super simple. You can go to my website at jennaponemancoaching.com. Uh, Poneman is like once upon a man, but get rid of the you at the beginning. <laughs> Um, my Instagram and Twitter handles are at Jenna Poneman. Um, you can find lots of freebie tips and things there. Um, and my Facebook, you can go to Jenna Poneman Coaching. 
Um, that's our Facebook group. Feel free to come in, ask me questions at any time and come and do this assessment for, for you guys. It really is, I promise you, transformational in less than an hour. It will change your life. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for making that offer, Jenna. I'm sure there'll be lots of listeners that will be interested in taking you up on having a go and, and experiencing those assessments. So thank you for that. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for coming on to this episode and sharing your insights around unintentionally single plights of ambitious, successful, career-driven women. Thank you. I am very excited to hear how people respond to this. Thank you. And uh, very grateful for you, the listeners, listening to this audio podcast of the Hearts Entwine podcast show. And thank you to my guest, Jenna Poneman, once again. I'm now going to wrap up the episode by saying true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.